Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, it's almost spring break. Woohoo! Woohoo! Anybody partying? I mean, I'm not in school, so I don't really know what that <laughs> means, but I'll, I'll take it as an excuse. Sure, yeah, I'm partying. Are you, you partying? You always celebrate spring break, spring break day. It's it's a state of mind, spring break, really. Mm-hmm. Spring break was inside of you all along. <laughs> um, I don't think I ever celebrated spring break even when I was in school. It's no. the time to like do the work that you had to do. I don't remember ever going anywhere for spring break. Did I? Right. You know what? Actually, no. One time we went down to Uncle Michael's when he lived on the beach. Hmm. Were you with oh, me? Oh, you. I was there for that road trip, but that was summer. I don't, that was summer. I don't no, think we, I ever I, went. I went one spring break. <laughs> I was cool. I went to my uncle's house for spring break. <laughs> On a beach. On a beach. He was he a was surf also uncle. A cool, yeah, that's a cool uncle. Um, you know, seven year olds don't do big things for their spring breaks. I've learned. No. No. You're not. Charlie you're doesn't not, have any. Any um, MTV Spring Break-esque plans? They're, they're not going to the beach with, with their cool uncle? I, I don't know. I don't. No. So they don't have a cool uncle. It's like, oh, well, they, they got some uncles. Never mind. <laughs> well, we they okay. Sh- she will be seeing uncles. But. <laughs> that's, they don't that's live what, on a beach. Yeah. No. It'd be a lot cooler if they did, though. <laughs> uh, Riley, big Spring Break plans? Um, I'm just going to look at apartments and look at how much money I'm going to have to spend to live in D.C. for law school. So, woo. It's <laughs> oh, a trip. It is. I am I am excited. Uh, we'll be there on St. Patrick's Day. So, oh, wow. That's something. Get a, but pa- party? Party. Do, do a little party? Me and mom and dad. St. <laughs> <Saint> Patrick's Day? <laughs> Um, Mom and Dad would probably party pretty hard for St. Patrick's Day, I bet. It's true. I feel that, yeah. Um, well, we will, uh, it will at least be warm. We're, yeah. we're having a quick um, snowstorm today, just real quick here. We're going to get that out of the way. Good, good. Yeah. In the middle of March. The weather this past week was, it was, this is not a joke, it was like 30 degrees and then it was 70 and then it was like back to 40 and then we had like two days of 60 and then now today there's going to be a big snowstorm and tomorrow it's going to be like below freezing it makes me really sad for like plants and like nature and stuff that's got to be hard i mean it's hard on like us as humans it just kind of sucks but like i'm pretty sure like you know like trees and stuff this is kind of a it's bad for them, right? They're like, oh, it's good. I can do my bloom now. And then it's like, oh, no, never mind. It's cold again. I think so. I remember that this sort of thing happening with the ice storm and all that last year. Like, I was having a lot of trouble. Like, my garden kind of sucked. My herbs never, like, nothing really worked as well as it had the first year that I did it all. And um, I talked to some friends who are much better at gardening and planting and like actually have big giant gardens and stuff. And they said similar things. So it made me feel better because it was like, it wasn't just me and the fact that I'm not very good at it. So I imagine we could have similar problems this year. Isn't that why mom always goes out and throws like random sheets or something over the plants? 
yeah, like like just your yard's full of ghosts. Yeah, mm-hmm. just frantically as it starts to snow, making Dad go out and throw old sheets and towels over all the bushes. Yeah, last year was a that was a nightmare last year because there were like there were like weeks where I had to leave the sheets on because it was like summer weather and then f- below freezing again for like a uh, yeah. So maybe that's why everything got screwed up. I don't know. My bulbs are already all sprouting. I assume they'll be fine. I don't think they freeze. I don't know. Yeah, so I think somebody said that there were some some cherry blossom trees that started to bloom here in New York. And I'm sure after we had a bunch of just a horrible snow ice day on Wednesday. So I don't know how. Don't know how they're doing after that. <laughs> I'm excited to see if my lavender survived. Supposedly, like lavender, you can just let freeze and it'll come back and it's okay. So I I, tra- I, pl- I moved it from its pot out to my like flower bed proper. So we'll see. It'd be nice to have a big old lavender plant there right by my door, but we'll see. It's very inspiring that lavender is so resilient. <laughs> lavender and scallions. That well, <laughs> the heartiest. My, my hardy scallions that never died, that just persist through the winters. and Yeah, but they're uncomfortably big. <laughs> they were chunky. Yeah, I don't know. I can't make direct eye contact with your scallions. I, I am excited that that project taught me, like, I took them from my garden, or from my kitchen, like the leavings from my kitchen scallions, popped them in that pot, and, you know, a year or so later, I had flowers. <laughs> like, they flowered. It is a fun science experiment. I did not know that would be the outcome. I didn't know either. I knew that they would keep growing, but I didn't know that they flowered. Yeah. The, the rare and beautiful scallion blossom. <laughs> Do they smell like onions? Mm, they would be good smelling flowers. When they flowered, like a lot of the herbs, when they flower, they lose a lot of their, like, pun- pungency. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I noticed that all because all of my herbs, I kept trying to clip the flowers off and stop them from going to flower. But then they all ended up doing it just because I wasn't paying close enough attention and that all of them lose some of their flavor and the scent. And like they get a lot blander when they flower. Well, at least the flowers can be pretty and not smell like herbs and onions then, I guess. Yeah, they were pretty. The cilantro flowers were pretty. The thyme flowers are pretty. Like, they're pretty. It's just like, now I have worthless cilantro. <laughs> Aw. Oh, cilantro is worthless cilantro to me. I love cilantro. Fill my mouth with dish soap. Don't. Don't listen. Don't listen to Riley cilantro. I love you. I have the bad genes. <laughs> you, you, got, you got the soap gene. I got the soap gene. My cilantro came back in the middle of the winter. It was very strange. I looked out there one day and there was cilantro growing again. I was like, what are you doing there? <laughs> Just got confused. Oops, sorry. Uh, is, this, is this anything? Is this no? No. <laughs> it was right in the middle of like really cold days, so I went out and picked it and ate it because I mean, like I put it on something because I thought well, you're going to ate it raw. <laughs> I like it, but it's better on stuff. But uh, yeah. but I thought you're going to die. I got to get you in my tummy before you die. <laughs> That's a sentence. <laughs> well, uh, well, soon it, it will be. Summer. Oh, oh, there we go. Yes, we are talking about 500 days of summer, to be exact. Uh, um, I mean, uh, you know, uh, the global warming week probably will have 500 days of summer eventually. That's fair. That's fair. That's a, There's going to be a remake of this movie, and it will be a post-apocalyptic hellscape. <laughs> 
commentary on climate change. <laughs> yes. Um, but weirdly also a love story. That's not a love story. Exactly. Uh, yes, 500 Days of Summer is a 2009 movie um, that I wanted to talk about this week that stars um, little Joseph Gordon-Levitt and little Zoe Deschanel. Um, I say little because they really, I didn't think they looked that different, but looking back, they really look like babies um, in that film compared to, you know... They do look. They do look like babies. I agree with you. I will say Joseph Gordon-Levitt persists in looking a little like a baby. Well, that's fair. I mean, he's just got that permanent baby thing going on. Yeah, he does. He does have a boyish charm. (laughs) (laughs) The little baby man. Um, Zoe Deschanel remains uh, uh, quirky and adorable. Yes, yes, that is her strength. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, just like you said. It's like a love story. It's not a love story. It's it's five hundred. Her character's name is Summer, so it's the five hundred days basically of of them going from meeting to kind of casually dating, and then Joseph Gordon Levitt gets more into Summer than what is his name? I'm having a hard time remembering his character's name. Tom. Just, Tom. Yes. Yeah, Tom. I was gonna say I'm yeah. just gonna keep calling him Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> um, all three names. Uh, but yeah, she like doesn't want to define their relationship. She just wants to stay happy and be casual. And then he wants to date her. And then she spoilers breaks up with him. And then they see each other again on the five hundredth day, and or I guess almost five hundredth. And she's married, um, and tells him to keep believing in love. And then he meets Autumn on the five hundredth day. Get it? Yep. Autumn. That comes after summer. I was not. I was not expecting that right there at the end. That little oh. It was, it's time it was, for autumn. It was a little on the nose for me. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It it was very much like, uh, what was it, The Departed? It was all about the cops who were rats. And so at the end, they had a big shot of a rat. Just in case you <laughs> missed that. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. Scorsese wanted to make sure you got that. See, they were rats. They were ratting. And this is what a rat looks like. So, you know. And here's a rat. Do you get it? Her name is like The Season. And this yeah. is the next season. This is the one that comes after, and she's the girl that comes after. Did you get that? Okay, just making sure. Um, I remember, you know, I I had watched this movie once before, and only once. I remember because I was very disappointed with the yeah. ending. That they did not end up together? Yes. Interesting. It's interesting that you'd be disappointed in that, because they kind of spell it out for you in the first couple minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, but I thought maybe there'd be a twist. It's like the title is, you know, 500 Days of Summer. It's like, okay, well, this is going to end at some point because now we see her name Summer. It's 500 days of them, not not all of them. It's like the last five years when you watch and you're like, maybe they won't break up. And then you remember the movie's called The Last Five Years, and that means at the end of the five years, they're not going to be together anymore. That made me sad, too. It's right there in the title. (laughs) Well, this reminded me a lot of one um, uh, of the other movies that you brought to the table, Riley, uh, uh, La La Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, kind of the same structure of two people that, you know, are the point of the story isn't so much that they fall in love and have like true love together. It's that they like help each other move in the direction that they're meant to move in life, even though they don't stay together. Yeah. And it's it is, in L.A. It is very... <laughs> yeah, it is very similar in that way, um, which I do like. I mean, the kind of the whole 
message of the the movie is that that uh summer says when you know they meet again and she's married and he's like okay well i guess you know i thought true love existed and it doesn't she's like well no it does um just not with me and not for me with you just with someone else for you because i found the person i wanted to be with and you will too and he's and he's i will say like watching it again um as much as i do love him as an actor I was a lot less uh, charmed by his character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that was a what year did this movie come out? Two thousand nine. This was this feels late for that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you know that guy that he is. I, were we still in love with that guy at that at this point in time? Well, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's kind <laughs> of a send up of that guy, though. You know, I I I do think the movie takes its like makes points that this is not this isn't the good guy in the story right like the when he goes on the awful horrible date with the the other girl yeah trying to get over uh summer and he, he she she points out to him that summer wasn't unfaithful didn't you know do anything really heinous and specifically ask for it to not be a relationship and that you know like She's not some monster or some evil person. He just wanted things from her that she couldn't give him. Yeah. 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 They, they just, it, he, cause he's still like, when he says uh, to his buddy, what's his buddy's name? Mackenzie. Which they're, they're two buddies. Yeah. The, but the, the work buddy. I'm really bad at this. Guys. I know. I always forget characters names. Anyway, when he says like, why do pretty girls always treat me like crap? Mm hmm. And it was like, oh, come on. I know. You watch too many John Cusack movies. I know how this goes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so nice. Why don't you like me? What's the matter with you that you can't see how great I am? Well, and also the, the, the trope of like, oh, I too know who the Smiths are. Wow, yeah. a girl who knows who the Smiths are. <laughs> that that moment, I mean, that and that really... See, that's what was funny to me is I thought like, gosh, this movie feels a lot older than it is in those ways, because that is such a uh, 90s kind of even earlier than that. Like, oh, my God, you're a girl and you like the same music I do. Mm -hmm. You it must be fate. There can't be a girl who knows who the Smiths are. There's certainly (laughs) there's not any girl and a cute one, too. Must be fate. What is it? One of them is it Mackenzie's? Like someone can like the same stuff as you, like the same weird stuff you're into, and it doesn't mean like it's true love, or it doesn't mean you're in love or something. Like that's that feels very that. I, I think it's the actually the little sister. The what's a oh uh, uh, Rachel Moritz? Moritz, what's her Chloe yeah, Grace Moritz? Yeah. Yes. yes, I think she says that. Yeah, that, that character right. was great. Right. But yeah, yeah. well, it, go ahead. Uh, well, I think what you're hitting on there, though, it it is like you have, um, even though they're not the central characters, and maybe that's that's the thing that would modernize the movie. You have women in this movie saying very like the, the logical things that make sense about relationships and about humans and like good advice, and then you have like your central male character who is not uh, his his version of events is not you know what i mean like he he's the one with sort of the the view that is unhealthy um yeah. but mm-hmm. he that's whose eyes we're watching it through and they feel like just sort of like little commentators on the side but they make sense 
Yeah, I would I would be interested in seeing this movie from Summer's perspective. Like she meets a guy and she's like, Well, he's kinda cool. We can just like hang out a bit. Like I don't think he's like the love of my life, but we can just hang and then like he's, you know, fully in love with her after like the first time they meet and she's like, Okay, well maybe this is not I'm just gonna maybe this is not right. Um they're trying to do that at some times. Yeah. Like I feel like they're trying to when they when uh they're at the karaoke bar early on and he says like and she's like I just want to be myself, be independent, be young, single, have fun, and the friend's like you're a guy, you're a dude, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like yeah, what anybody can feel those things. I guess I guess anybody could. <laughs> Yeah, you know, in movies usually where there's a girl that, like, wants a relationship with a guy who's like, no, I'm just, you know, having a, I want it to be casual. And the girl keeps wanting, I mean, in, I wouldn't say recent, but in very, like, older, more heteronormative movies, um, the girl that keeps pushing for the relationship is seen as, like, the crazy girl or something. Um, But in this movie, you've got the girl who wants a casual relationship and we're all supposed to feel a little bit bad for Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think at least they make him as somewhat of an empathetic character um, that like he wants a relationship and she doesn't. It's like, Oh, guys never want commitment. And he does. Why can't you just like, let him have a bit of a relationship. Just let him have a little. Mm. Yeah. And, and towards the end when, uh, or the very end when he looks at her and says like, he's trying to figure out why she danced with him that night at the wedding and stuff and he's like you just do whatever you want mm-hmm. the way he says the way he delivers it it makes her sound very selfish and like it comes off almost as if she was cruel mm-hmm. you want it you knew that would lead me on you knew that I still cared about you you knew how I would feel and you did it anyway and instead what like my thought process is yeah like you do you do whatever you want it's just shocking to you that a woman would also be doing Mm -hmm. whatever she wants like that's the the problem is that you expected an imbalance Mm. but it was balanced and i mean she was a very consistent character throughout like i don't feel like she ever really wavered on who she was that was always Mm -hmm. even even in the way that she fell in love it was very much like you know she yeah she does what she wants she outlined what she wanted from him very clearly and then you know when that she insisted upon that he was the one that kind of spun out so i don't you know i think that's kind of her her character was never outside of maybe inviting him to what looked like maybe was an engagement party maybe that was kind of cruel but i don't know outside of that she didn't do anything wrong yeah yeah i guess that is (laughs) i mean even when like we see her married i feel like there's a moment where we're supposed to be like oh what like you didn't want to date this guy and now it's only been this long and you're married and he's like you didn't even want to be someone's girlfriend now you're married it's like well you don't know i think we got like her like you're talking about tay like that's who she is but then we also had his version of her in his head that's like this you know perfect woman that he's in love with and when she doesn't live up to that it's like he knew everything about her and now it's um, not not who she really was the whole time. Spoiler alert, people are not the idealized version of themselves um, that you create in your head when you meet them and you find out you both love the Smiths. Yeah, and it, um, 
in that it's I think it's weird watching a movie like this now in kind of with the cultural shift we've had in the last couple decades. It is I don't he sounds so immature when he said you didn't want to be anybody's girlfriend and now you're somebody's wife. I just don't get it. Yeah. Like it sounded so immature. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I thought, does it sound immature because I'm watching this in 2022? And was I charmed by that when I was younger? Or is it just supposed to sound immature? Like, is that intentional? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, that was always there in the movie. It was just, <laughs> I, the first time I saw it, was like, poor kid, poor guy, he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't mm-hmm. understand. His heart's so broken. And now I'm like, come on. Yeah, like, that's how life works, dude. <laughs> yeah, I will say the first time I watched this when I was much younger, I had that reaction of like, oh, oh poor buddy. Well, I mean, it is interesting. Like, what is the perspective of the film? Because, I, like, they they use the word friend as quite like a like a stab. Like, oh, she wants to be his friend. And at one point, she calls him her best friend. But I feel like, I don't know, also rewatching it, I'm like, man, I, I really feel bad for Summer. She, she seems like she needed a friend. And she thought she had one. And, you know, friendship is, is valuable. Friendship is important. Like, that... That's what they had, ultimately, and he didn't care about, you know, maybe she didn't care about him as a partner, but he didn't care about her as a friend, and that's, mm-hmm. he, that's, mm-hmm. you Because know. it was what he needed. He had friends. Yeah. He wanted a girlfriend. Yeah. He didn't need friends, so it was all about his needs. Um, there's a lot more to talk about in the movie, um, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Um, so, I have some little little buddies i want to tell you all about little buddies little buddies um and those are my ear buddies Ah. my little everyday earbuds um from raycon so you know i'm always listening to stuff whether it's on a walk to campus or between classes or at the library or working out i'm always listening to my favorite podcast or my favorite taylor swift album at the moment um And that is why I always rely on Raycon to provide me with that sweet, sweet ear entertainment that I crave. Um, Because Raycon's wireless earbuds are the best way to bring audio with you. Because no matter how much you shake things up, literally, no matter how much you shake, you know, they won't fall out of your ears. (laughs) Which is great, especially when, like, you're on the treadmill and then you drop one and it's a real silly look to try to have to, like, bend down when the treadmill's still moving and pick it up. You don't have to worry about that with Raycon. Um, and there's also awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so you can take Raycons with you wherever you go, which I've utilized on my walks, maybe in the dark, back from the library, back from the gym. Um, always good to be able to still listen to what I want to listen to, but also know that I'm safe and secure. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio, audio brands. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Raycon, what should they do? Well, right now, Still Buffering listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash buffering. That's buyraycon.com slash buffering to save 15% on Raycons. Once more, that's buyraycon.com slash buffering. So, in this household, we love cereal. I think you know that. Uh, Justin loves cereal. The kids love cereal. Who doesn't love cereal? But cereal, traditional cereal is packed with sugar. And so it's kind of a sometimes food. You don't always feel like this is the complete meal that I need, especially after like a long day or a workout or something. But Magic Spoon has fixed that because this is cereal that you can feel good about eating anytime um, because it has zero grams of sugar. It's got 
a ton of protein, 13 to 14 grams of protein. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free. It's delicious. And it's better for you than uh, than traditional cereal. If you're, if you're looking to cut down on your sugar, it's a great way to do that. Um, so that, you know, you can, you can have that enjoyment from a delicious bowl of cereal, uh, and you get some protein in there too. That's a, that's a great deal. And there's all kinds of flavors. They've got cocoa, they've got fruity, they've got frosted peanut butter, blueberry, maple waffle, all kinds of things that you will enjoy. You can build your own box. Like if you want to mix two together, you get some cocoa, you get some peanut butter, you got a Reese cup right there in a bowl. It's delicious. Um, and again, it's, uh, it's zero grams of sugar, so you can feel good about treating yourself uh, at a Magic Spoon. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Magic Spoon, what should they do? Well, they should go to magicspoon.com slash buffering to grab a custom bundle of cereal. And be sure to use our promo code buffering at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember... Get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash buffering and use code buffering to save $5 off. So one thing I wanted to point out, I was just looking back through um, quick little little notes synopsis about the movie. Um, I had forgotten that when Summer breaks up with him, they work at a greeting card company. Mm -hmm. And when Summer breaks up with him and he's so sad and mopey, his boss moves him to the what like the um sympathy condolences <laughs> yeah. section um and to make those cards instead of being able to write happy cards which i think is just a really funny little note there um it's like this guy's so sad he can't even write happy cards he can only write sad <laughs> cards i uh i get a little bit of a ted mosby vibe from this character yeah although he predates ted mosby so or does he I think your mother came out a pretty long time ago. But he, I, I felt like sometimes, like, is this a continuation or like a prologue? <laughs> this is a prologue to the Ted Mosby story. This is a continuation. How I Met Your Mother started in 2004. Wow. Five. Four or five. That makes me five. feel old. Yeah. Not so. Not as old as How I Met Your Father makes me feel, but that, <laughs> I guess that would be another episode on a side note. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is four years post Ted Mosby. You are right though. Cause I mean, that's another show looking back at it where it's like, these are a lot of the times for Ted Mosby, there were women he dated where it was just like, they didn't think it was working out and they broke up with them. They weren't bad people. They just weren't feeling it in the relationship, but he's like this poor guy who just can't, can't find the right one. Um, and I do think the way that summer breaks up with Tom is very much like, Hey, it's just not it's just not working. like we're fighting we're having these issues it's not like i don't care about you it's just very much like i don't think we should keep doing this it's not good for either of us um which is a pretty mature way of going about it but he still acts like she is you know just completely destroyed him it's when she says i love these pancakes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this is a pretty pretty yeah. good moment. <laughs> you could love those pancakes but you can't love me <laughs> Um, but I think that, I think that's why I often hear this movie is like one that falls into the trope of the, um, manic pixie dream girl, mm -hmm. you know, that it's, he is putting summer into that mold. Mm -hmm. I don't think the character of summer necessarily merits that, but it, I think his reaction to her is as if that's what she should be. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, like a, like a meta 
manic pixie dream girl situation because it's it's not where you know like a movie like oh i don't know what was the what's the garden state i was like what's the one uh there are other ones but where the character is written with no real (laughs) agency or purpose outside of to drive the main the the guy to Mm -hmm. you know his, his next step in life this character is written with agency and opinions it's just uh tom sees her as that like you're here for me to like you know fall in love with and and be with and not not the the script doesn't treat her that way necessarily right yeah it's a good point it's funny because you think if you if you flipped it and you did see it from summer's perspective what happened for her is that she had a job she met a guy he was great he wasn't the one but she had a lot of fun and then one day, sitting in a diner, a guy walked up and commented on the book she was reading, and she fell madly in love and had this wonderful love affair and is now married and happy. So, like, if you watch the movie from her perspective, it's a very traditional, <laughs> like, it's a it's a romantic movie. I mean, it is a little bit like La La Land in that sense that we see Emma Stone, like, you know, in her relationship with, with uh, Ryan Gosling, and, you know, they're not right for each other, and then we see her get married and have a kid, like oh but look how happy she is now like they weren't it wasn't them um i do think what la la land does better though and you can tell it's much more modern than this is that even though it's the same kind of thing in the sense that we're looking back at a relationship that has ended between two people that we think are going to end up together um it uh it does a better job of showing flaws in both the characters and not really making it look like one is the bad person Mm -hmm. this one i think what you were saying tay made me realize like the script doesn't necessarily make summer out to be the bad person it's not the things that she does or says it's just his reactions to her that are supposed to make us feel what he's feeling which is that like she's the the bad guy what do we think of the way that they because it again this feels old-fashioned to me what do we think of the way they handle like after they sleep together and he's like so excited and they have the whole scene where people are like dancing and Mm high-fiving and stuff is that, is that still cool, or are we past that as a society? Like, where are we culturally on that? <laughs> it, it's funny, because after that scene, like, I just, I interpret it more as, like, oh, he's in love. But if it's literally just like, oh, I slept with her, like, then it's kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I could, I don't know. I, it reminded me of the scene in High Fidelity when he's trying to figure out if Laura has slept with Ian. All right. And she finally is like, we haven't made love yet. And then he walks out of the building, like, with his hands up in the air, mm-hmm. like, victory, like, yes, 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 yes. Just because, like, here his his girlfriend, who he loves, has left him, is with another man, and his only concern is, but they're not doing it. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, I don't know. I got that vibe from the scene, like, okay, <laughs> yeah, come on. That was the, that's, that scene kind of, you know, that weird sort of out of, like, obviously it's not a realistic portrayal, like there's a dance number in the middle of it. Uh, I did like that stylistically about the movie, though, that there's always a little bit of a turn away from reality, which makes sense. I mean, that's kind of a theme in the movie is the the difference between reality and expectations. Mm. Uh, But I really, I like that, that there were kind of consistently weird moments that, you know, you could kind of that weren't really in in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which also I think matches the the energy of like 
Zoe Deschanel in general, just as like a character in everything she does, yeah. um, which is kind of just like a little bit removed from what's realistic and a little bit different than what you're expecting. I, um, I, I, I don't know if that's intentional that people just like saw her like that in one movie and they're like, okay, well, that's her thing. Or if that's just like the energy she brings. Well, that's like, even, I'll go ahead. No, finish your thought. Oh, I would say even like the color palette of the film, it's all like baby blues and tans and browns and it it's colors that specifically feel designed to match her like mm-hmm. <laughs> make her look good it it does feel that it, she she reminds me and and she's like this in a lot of things she does like she's a character that somehow wandered out of a musical and got lost yeah and has yeah. ended up in this thing we're watching but has somehow managed to bring some of those elements with her like that's very true yeah but that that makes sense. You know, the movie's called 500 Days of Summer, and that's meant in multiple different ways. But, like, in a sense, his whole world is colored by her in that time period. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is, he's seen everything through the lens of her, um, not as an independent human, but as what she is doing to his life, for his life. You know, so like it, it almost makes sense to put it in a color palette that matches her because that is how he is his entire life is being viewed through the lens of her yeah. during that time period. Yeah. Which I think is interesting when you look at, cause they have like little numbers on the, the screen going through the days every now and then um, that the 500th day, like the last one isn't when he sees her and she's married. Like it's not that moment when it's like, obviously this is over it. I think it's not until he meets autumn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the last one. It's almost there when he sees her and, and she's married, but he doesn't like, quit making that period of his life centered around how she made him feel until he meets someone else he still like is thinking about her even though he's like oh she's married he's thinking about like oh she didn't want to be my girlfriend but she's married until he meets i i also i'd have to go back and watch the scene again but i feel like the color palette of that scene is different the one where he meets autumn yeah yeah, well, even yeah. like, because his whole, the, you know, his whole wardrobe, you see the shift that when he's on the, the, the overlook spot right before, or when he's, I don't know, yeah. he's got his portfolio. Is it right before that? Or it's while he's going on interviews. Like, that's the first time you see him. He's wearing like stark black. His hair's done differently. And even then when he talks to Summer, Summer's dressed very differently than she's been the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's like a shift. Is it to reality or is it to the next palette? I don't know. But there is that. And then it carries through into that office scene. Yeah, because I, I feel like that it's a little warmer and, like, actually more more fall colors. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. literally, I feel like we've shifted from a summer palette to an autumn palette yeah. in that scene. Which, you know what I wonder, what that brings up for me is, like, because he has that moment where the narrator's talking about, like, he does like it's just coincidence, no such thing as fate, but just in case, kind of, you know, like, there's that whole moment, will he still believe in love or not? Um is it is it a continuation of the same problem? Has he learned a lesson? That That's what I was wondering, because I feel like, you know, Summer learned from him when they have that kind of final talk. It's like she kind of gave the idea of love a chance because of how insistent he was on it. But what did he learn from her <laughs> if, if he's just going to, oh, Autumn, this is meant to be. That, that wasn't meant to be, but this. I bet mm. she knows who the Smiths are. 
She doesn't. It's over. She, well, she doesn't know who the Smiths are, but we we have to assume she also likes architecture Thank because you. they're going for the same architecture job. I I would assume yeah. that's an it's an architecture job, <laughs> right? It's an interesting shift in in job there. Well, he makes that comment at the the um whatever the party the rooftop party about. I, he's, he's joking about, you know, why do something as temporary as build buildings when you can work in the, you know, something as eternal as a greeting card. And I get it's a like kind of swapped. That makes sense. Maybe that's implying something about the relationships. Like he mm. dated Summer when he was making greeting cards, which are sort of ephemeral, you know, instances of feeling that are disposable. Whereas now he's working in architecture, so he might build something mm. real. Yeah. Mm, that feels intentional to me yeah. that, that now that you're putting it that way that feels like an intentional parallel oh. um, but yeah I don't know that we know that he learned something I agree with you I don't other than I mean the only thing from that conversation and I hope he learned more than this but the only thing that we know he took away was that he was right <laughs> like love is real I was mm-hmm. right all along I was it was just with the wrong person but like I was right she was wrong and she's admitted it and so I don't know that you know like what about all the other like you can't you can't make somebody someone else can't fix your whole world yeah you know I think that's one of the probably common tropes though of movies from I mean I want to say that time period because it wasn't just like the 2000s I mean a lot before that too that had to do with romance we weren't supposed to really care if they learned a lesson or if they became better people it was just like but did they find love but did they get like did they end up with someone Mm. because i feel like that was the ending for most you know romantic movies or non-love stories like they have to end up with someone they can't just end up alone um it took a while before we got more comfortable with that idea. I think that, you know, you, your story doesn't end when you end up in a romantic relationship with someone. Like, there's no ending up with someone. It's just they become a part of your life, and it's okay if that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and maybe the more important thing is, like, learning about yourself and becoming a better person. We, I don't think we're really supposed to care if, if uh, Tom learned anything. It's just like, oh, but good for him. Well, and, you know, that's another a, a kind of a funny parallel with la la land is like you know i like that about the ending of la la land that you know the the girl ended up with a a family but also her career that she wanted and ryan gosling's character had his club he didn't have Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. but he he had his thing that he loved he had which Mm -hmm. i thought i don't think it was played as a sad thing in the movie it's like no he got what he wanted and like in this it's sort of like the the boy gets a career and the girl gets a husband but like kind of Still comes back to like, but the, you know, it's not that he chased the thing that he really wanted to do in life. It's like, oh, it led to him meeting the person he was supposed to meet, I guess. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. very Well, it is, as we've talked about, it is very heteronormative for one. I mean, they even make the false statement at one point. There are two kinds of people in the world, boys and girls. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> like that, that's obviously there. Um, but I, I also think it's like it's almost like the belief is. I feel like there were a lot of movies and shows at that time where the idea of like being a better person or like changing for the good. I don't know that that was really a goal or seen as like something that was feasible. It was more like, 
we're all so screwed up. We're all such disasters. And the best we can hope for is to find somebody to be a disaster with and mm-hmm. like work out your disasterness together. But like striving to be better, I would say is a newer idea. <laughs> I mean, I especially like this was in the 2000s. But if you go back to the 90s, the idea that we were all going to be better. Pe- no, we, it was like, no, we're bad people. We're all bad. Like everything's bad. Right. Everyone's bad. Everything's bad. You know, let's just, oh, let's just survive together. Like, it, it was a shift that came, although this movie feels so late for me for yeah. that, but I guess maybe that was the end of that sort of thinking in the beginning of the like, well, maybe we could feel better. Right. I mean, it was 13 years ago, to be fair. 2009 does not know. feel that long ago, but it was 13 years ago. And um, cu- culture has shifted a lot faster in the last yes. couple decades than it did in the previous ones. I will say, though, what I would like to see, and we talked about this a while ago, the TV show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which does this, um, but uh, like La La Land, it is good. One of them ends up alone with the thing they love and they're happy, but the woman still ends up with the family. And in 500 Days of Summer, Summer's ending, like the last we see of her, is she is a wife. I want to see the opposite. I want to see the girl end up if we're gonna keep having these heteronormative like boy girl relationships at the center of movies like make the girl end up alone you know like on her own doing what she likes and what she enjoys that she doesn't have to end up with someone i'm sure that movie exists but not in the same Mm -hmm. scale in the same place in the mainstream if you will yeah yeah well because it's getting it's getting it i think a better lesson to to put in a film which is that you meet people and you can fall in love with them and have relationships and no one has to be a big bad evil person and then they end and they can make you better and help you figure things out about yourself and you can move forward you know mm-hmm. that's like you said like it's not like happily ever after which is such a normal story structure that there's mm-hmm. life continues with or without a partner there's a your life actually comes first right there's Isabella from Encanto that's true. Oh, yeah. You know, you're right. There you go. <laughs> no, that is a really good point. She does. She's supposed to get married, and she ends up just with her powers. With her powers, and also yeah. in rainbow collars. I know. I'm just going to put that thought I could out. write a whole essay about that. that I don't thing. know anything. I just, it's what I saw. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I agree. <laughs> Unmarried um, and in rainbow colors. We know what mm-hmm. that means. We know. Mm-hmm. It's for us. Um, well, thank you all for watching this with me. It, it wasn't, I mean, I don't think I watched it when I was nine when it came out. I was probably a little bit older, but it was just one of those movies that I always turned on at sleepovers that was like, oh, like a love story. And it wasn't until I watched it again when I was older. I was like, oh, well, there's more here. This isn't just about Tom finding who he's meant to be with and getting his heart broken. There's, there's more here. So it's one of those that's good to look back on for that to see, uh, well, what's changed? It, it was it was fun. Cooper really loved the scene where he dances after they do it, mm. <laughs> and we watched. We had to rewind and watch that scene a few times. Yeah, and she was like, "Why are they dancing? Like, they love just love, just really just celebrating. Mm-hmm. They're just happy for love. That's love is it. great. Just love. Okay." Then we watched it two more times. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sid. Sid, what's next? Oh, I'm next. Um, no doubt. What am I going to do next? No doubt. Oh. Uh, 
Sorry. I'm leaving that in. I'm not going to cut that out. I forgot. I'm going to do No Doubt next. No Doubt. Specifically, so you don't have to listen to all of No Doubt, Tragic Kingdom was the one that I'd say was huge when we were younger. Yes. So that that is the album to focus on. Never listened, so I'm excited. Oh, wow. You've heard Don't Speak. Yes, I have. I've heard that. I did not know. I couldn't have told you the band name, but oh my goodness, heard that. Okay. Yes, that's Gwen Stefani. Okay, I know Gwen Stefani. She was in No Doubt. I didn't know that. Oh Oh, my god. Okay, I'm excited for that episode. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you both, Uh, listeners. You should check out 500 Days of Summer if you haven't watched it. It's not a love story. No. Um, thank you, Maximum Fun. You should go to maximumfun.org. There are a lot of great shows you would enjoy. You can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffering maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am, am too. too. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.